2: Welcome to the latest episode of the 5 Reasons Podcast. And today we're going to do something a little bit different for you. We're going to put two episodes into one. The Florida Panthers start up on Saturday. High expectations for this season. And so myself, Ethan Skolnick, and Chris Whittingham are going to give you two different interviews that we did. One is with George Richards. He's come back from Columbus to cover the Florida Panthers. He's now with the Athletic Miami. You can follow him at George Richards. He's going to give you sort of the overall Outlook of the Panthers this season so some good stuff there and then we're going to talk to one of the Panthers stars Vincent Trocheck, coming off a career best season one of the young stars of the Panthers that is signed for the long term That we hope is going to be here for a while. So first George Richards and then Vinny Trocheck.
3: Ethan, we are continuing today our series with The Athletic. The Athletic is a new website covering the entire world of sports. They've added writers all over the country, including in Miami. If you want to subscribe because it is a pay service, you can get a couple of free articles. But for the most part, you're paying for fantastic content on your favorite teams. If you want to subscribe to The Athletic, it is theathletic.com slash Miami. That is where you get all of the the content from them. And today we're talking to their Florida Panthers writer, George Richards, who comes back to Miami after a brief stint in Columbus. We'll now be again covering the Panthers for the Athletic. And George, we thank you very much for taking the time. Hey Chris, how you doing, bud? Doing good. So uh I feel like the the so so the Panthers an interesting one for me. So I would actually say uh, in calendar twenty eighteen, going into a season, the Panthers Probably above all else, will have the most expectations. Now, uh, we are we, we, we are taping this uh, probably before Jimmy Butler was traded, if he has been traded. Uh, we don't we don't know when we're going to run this, so uh, we don't really know yet what the Heat's expectations for the season are. If they don't trade for him, it's kind of you know middling to you know in the playoffs and not great. The Dolphins, while starting three and zero at time of recording, uh, I don't think anyone could have possibly expected that. The Marlins are tanking. Uh, the Hurricanes had some expectations going into the season, but then lost an opening night. So I would say the Panthers in calendar 2018 might be going into the season with the highest expectations of any of the major South Florida sports teams. And I guess the the, the place where we can start and we'll kind of dig further into the details of it is, do you think that the fans of South Florida should have high expectations for the Panthers?
4: Yeah, I think they should. I mean, I think just because of the way hockey is. I mean, we've all seen the NBA playoffs. If you're the eighth seed in the East, you're probably not going to be able to do a whole lot. You're probably out in the first round, maybe losing five, maybe losing six. But in the NHL, um, you know, anybody, one, once the playoffs starts, if you've got good goaltending and you've got some hot players, you know, you can be the uh, the worst team, you know, the, the number 16 team. We saw the Nashville Predators a couple years ago barely make it in as the number 16 team in the NHL and go all the way to the Stanley Cup Finals. So um, the Panthers look like a playoff team. They should be a playoff team. They're right in that mix in the Atlantic Division, a uh, very top-heavy division. But uh they came within a point of making it last year. I don't think anybody in the NHL wanted to play the Panthers in the playoffs last year. A lot of teams, you know, breathed a sigh of relief when Florida missed it by a point. So yeah, why not? I mean, uh if you can make it in, anything can happen. And I think that this is a team that has a lot of dynamic players um you know the depth is a little bit of a question but we know that if Roberto Luongo is healthy he can carry a team and uh he might you know th- this might just be the year for the Florida Panthers we'll have to wait and see all
2: right Chris I, I don't I think you gave short shrift to George Richards here because I think how you should have introduced him is this is the single biggest comeback to South Florida from anyone who's gone to Ohio uh, <laughs> ever <laughs> trumping Dwayne Wade coming back during the 17, 18 season from Cleveland. I, I don't think uh, yeah. you know, j- just for the, I mean, this is much bigger, George. I mean, I, I know when you came back, the announcement came that you were going to be coming back to the athletic after leaving Columbus. I mean, it was, it was serious. It was like, you should have put out a YouTube video like Dwayne did. <laughs> I, I, yeah. was, I was checking out Twitter and and, and p- that plays into this actually, because part of that is your charming personality and your great writing ability. Uh, But part of this is that that I think the Panther fans and we've noticed this a little because we've put out a podcast uh, that Steve Goldstein, the play by play man host called Goldie on Ice. And it's gotten great Mm -hmm. response. It's gotten terrific response. And again, part of that is Goldie. But part of it is also that I feel like Panther fans feel like they've been kind of left out in the dark here a little bit in the South Florida market. They're not talked about by many of the shows on radio. There are a couple who will get into them, but most of them. Don't talk about them. They're not really covered by the newspapers the way they used to be. The Palm Beach Post used to have a full-time beat writer way back when, uh, Brian Begain. They haven't had one in a long time. Obviously, you know, when you left the Herald, they didn't really replace you uh, for a period of time there. And, And now you're back with the athletics. So I think this all plays into it because I think there should be a feeling that the Panthers should matter now. This is a great opportunity for the Panthers. And I've always made this case, George, that particularly where they are, And I really like that arena. I like, I like everything about it. It's now that I have a four year old, it's, it's a great experience for her. I just, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a comfortable place to watch a game. Like I've taken her now to all of the, the four major pro teams. She liked that one the best. I think that's the case uh, for a lot of kids. And I've just always felt George, like if they could just win, like, two years in a row, like just be a playoff team, two straight seasons, follow up, you know, the year they had two years ago with a better overall offseason last year and a better year that people would catch on in this market. It'll be really disappointing if they don't capitalize, because I feel like they've never had a better opportunity than they do right now.
4: And and you remember, and I know a lot of Panther people hate going back to 96, but my goodness, the, the argument was the Panthers were maybe the number two team in this market, right or wrong. I mean, the Heat really hadn't really done anything yet. Uh, People were in love with the hockey team. The team was winning. I mean, they're in their third year. They go to the Stanley Cup final. And by 2000, 2001, they they kind of tossed all that away, and I think then they had a decade of just mismanagement and poor ownership and and everything else, and they they lost their place in this market. And and honestly, they kind of only have themselves to blame for that. Now there've been you know there were a lockout, you know they had a missed season that kind of thing, but bad trades, bad you know changing coaches every year they're getting back to, to, to being something. And I think they've got a lot of ground that they need to make up. And, uh, you know, we talked a couple years ago when this team made the playoffs in 2016, that team was built for success. The core of that team is still here. Um, you know, and they go and they have all that upheaval in the front office and the players are questioning what's going on. And all of a sudden they tank a season and, and everybody around town is like, ah, same old Panthers, there we go again. Where, in fact, this really is a different organization, it's a different bunch of guys and, and a very talented bunch of guys. Um, you look at Sasha Barkov, Vincent Trocheck, Jonathan Huberdeau, uh, Keith Yandel, uh, you just go down the list. I mean, we have, you know, not even Roberto Luongo. This is a very talented team. This is a team that in the second half of last year was as good as any in the national hockey league. They got off to a terrible start. They dug themselves in a hole they couldn't get out of. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is the year for them to, to, to really uh, take, take hold. And um, with the competition level in the Atlantic with, with, with Boston as good as they are, Tampa Bay, Toronto, Florida Panthers are right in that mix, and I think it's going to be an exciting year for them.
3: All right, George. So uh, the way that Ethan and I were talking about it via text uh, is an idiot's guide to the Florida Panthers, uh, because I imagine there will be a lot of people this year who will be jumping on the bandwagon, particularly if they get off they get, they get off to a good start, and maybe wouldn't know a ton about the team. But if they listen to this sure. podcast, they will know something about this team. So let's start first with additions. Uh, who is new into this Florida Panthers team? And do you think that these additions will make an impact?
4: Well, the big addition that they made this offseason, and thanks again you know, for letting me host the Idiot's Guide in the Florida Panthers <laughs> game, the big idiot I am. Um, I appreciate that. No, that's great, man. George <laughs> the Idiot. Um, looking at the, the big offseason addition was a guy named Mike Hoffman. He's going to be a second-line winger. Um, this is a guy that had some, some some problems in Ottawa uh with you know, some kind of cyber stalking deal with his fiance. It's it just a whole big mess. I wrote about it in the Athletic a couple weeks ago. Um, but Ottawa had to get rid of him. Ottawa was desperate to just, you know, we got a clean house. I mean Ottawa's a, a, a mess. I mean Ottawa is a complete you know, just a, a, a joke of a franchise right now. So they've got this top-end winger. They, they were looking to deal him at the deadline just because they're trying to rebuild. They're asking for the moon for this guy. All of a sudden, this stuff comes out, and he's on the cheap. So, the, so Dale Town, Florida Panthers is talking with Ottawa. They want a couple players. Dale's like, eh, yeah, too rich for my blood. They trade him to San Jose for, for a piddling number of players and some draft picks. San Jose turns around and wheels him back to, to, to Florida. For a couple draft picks. So Florida all of a sudden gets a top six guy to play with Vincent Trocheck and Jonathan Huberdeau for basically a second round pick. And you cannot beat that kind of deal. The guy's under team control for the next two years. He's a guy that scores, you know, 20, 20 goals with 60 points every year. Uh, a very talented winger. The Florida Panthers just filled a major league hole in their lineup for a draft pick. So uh, I think fans are really going to like seeing the dynamic between Hoffman, Trocek, uh, Trocek and, and Huberto. Uh, that's huge. The top line we all know is Sasha Barkov, the new captain of the team. Um, he's playing along with Nick Nugestad and Janny Dadnov. A kid from Russia that used to be with the Panthers went to Russia to play professionally and came back to the Panthers last year. So uh, the top six, um, if you're new to hockey, you like seeing goals being scored, I think the Florida Panthers are going to score a ton of goals, especially when they're on the power play. Um, On paper, this looks like an unbelievable power play unit. Uh, Obviously, the games have to start, but uh, this is going to be an exciting team to watch.
3: Can you get uh, into some more details about this Mike Hoffman thing? Because uh, I, I I don't know a ton about it, so I feel like uh, that's something. That there's some details there that were missing. Can you provide some of them?
4: Well, yeah. There's a there's a lot of details that are missing. <laughs> it is <do> the whole, <laughs> whole the whole. What a mess this is. Anyway, okay. So uh, the gist of it is the Ottawa Senators. Their their top players Eric uh, Eric Carlson, uh, defenseman. Um, you know, all star, all pro, all world anyway. So he has this thing on, on the internet where he announces that his his wife is pregnant with their first child and everybody's thrilled. Um, Eric Carlson, uh, makes headlines. He has to miss a couple games because of the reason it turns out his wife had a stillborn child, a uh, very tragic story. Um, then he comes out on Twitter or, or Instagram or something, ripping someone, um, Saying uh, this, 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 this person who wrote something very derogatory about Eric's wife, uh, Eric comes out and says, "You've been hounding us for months. You've been creating accounts. You need to stop. I know who you are." Yada, yada, yada. Well, it turns out that that, that Eric and his wife think it's Mike Hoffman's girlfriend, fiance, who's been creating these these fake accounts and kind of ripping into Eric Carlson's you know, wife and, and, you know, threatening, you know, saying I wish somebody would break his legs and, you know, she's a pill popper, all this, yeah, just all this kind of stuff. So the off season comes, nobody knows about this, um, until Eric Carlson's wife goes into court in Canada and gets basically an order of protection mm-hmm. against his, you know, Mike Hoffman's fiancé, and this thing just blows up. You get all the the player wives are split and the team is split, and it's just a whole mess. Now the order of protection has basically been dropped because both players have been traded, coincidentally in separate deals to San Jose. Um, Now Mike Hoffman's fiancé is filing stuff in court, basically saying, hey, guys, you said it's me, prove it. So instead of letting the thing drop, uh, she's trying to get her, you know, name cleared a little bit. And uh, long story short, it's a long story with a lot of different loops. You know, it's just a, it's a mess. But, you know, anyway, the Florida Panthers are the benefactors of this because they end up getting All a pretty right. darn good player <laughs> for nothing, you know.
2: The amazing thing about this is I I can't think of how many times in Panthers history that they've been the benefactors of some other team's idiocy. Like we're talking about the idiot's guide to the yeah, Panthers. This never never <laughs> it's, it's, right, it's I mean, a Panther problem. Right, we got to trade our guy. Basically, there's one organization down here that benefits from other franchises' idiocy, which has been the Heat. Uh, this that's happened over right. and over and over, sure. right? Over and over uh, and over. Uh, yep. Zo, Shaq, uh, Dragic, uh, Mashburn, Hardaway, I, uh, LeBron, Bosh. Okay, that they're they're the organization that benefits from other organizations' idiocy. The three organizations down here have been the idiots. Uh, the other three, right? The <laughs> Panthers, the Marlins, uh, and the Dolphins have been the organizations have, that have made mistakes with players, and so they've ended up uh, doing well somewhere else. So uh, again, this thing has turned. I mean, I you know, I mentioned the Stu Barnes trade there's so many trades in Panthers history you can point to that was like, well, why did they give up that guy? And for what, uh, that they brought in here Mm -hmm. and, and now to actually get a second line winger. And, and that's the other thing here is that you talk, you rolled off kind of the young players that they have that are locked up and they're all look, they all seem, and you know them better than I do. So you can speak on this, but they all seem like team guys. Uh, they seem committed to their craft. They've all gotten better, continuing to get better, but then to add a proven, Goal scorer to a second line. So you have two legitimate scoring lines that you can roll out. And then your third and fourth lines can be what they should be, which are grinder mm-hmm. lines, which are lines that wear down uh the opposing team. That is just such a big thing. And you mentioned it comes up so big on the power play because it means you never have someone out there on the power play who shouldn't be out there. And that's that right. I, I feel like for, for years that's been an issue with the Panthers, where you've been like Okay, they've got a guy who's a 15 goal scorer who's like who's getting serious, t- you know, log and serious time, you know, on the second power play unit, and you're like, that's just not what he work. doing
4: out there, yeah. right?
2: Right? You, there's never going to be a time this year where there's somebody out there in that kind of situation, assuming you- health assuming health, but, but that's what, and we're going to get into depth, but, but that's why adding another winger and not losing a winger. And I think, you know, we have to address this, George. I mean, look, they basically handed two two uh, forwards to, to Las Vegas last year in, in March. So sure. and, and, and Riley Smith. And that's, sh- I thought that was the big, forget what they did in Vegas, what they weren't doing for Florida in the first half of last season showed up because you had too many shifts where you needed a goal and you didn't have a goal scoring line out there because you had traded your goal scoring depth or not traded, but left it exposed uh, to, to Las Vegas. I just think that's a huge, huge thing for this team.
4: Yeah. But I, but I also think that the Panthers, you know, when you look at the Riley Smith, Jonathan Marcia show deal, um, I think that in hindsight, Maybe they pay Jonathan Marsa show. They knew Jonathan Marsa show was going to get a huge paycheck, a huge payday. They didn't want to be the guys writing that check. Okay. They also signed Riley Smith to a five year, $5 million deal, which Dale Talon, let's be honest, did not sign that deal. He didn't want to pay that bill either. So he let both of them go in return, knowing that they were going to get Dadnoff come in from Russia. So that was kind of the trade-off there. They lost two. They were going to lose one of them anyway. They end up losing two. There's kind of a money dump, giving up the $5 million on Raleigh Smith, but then they bring in Dadnoff anyway. Uh, yes, yeah, but yes, and I think that, that when you look at last season, I even asked players this, this year, how nice was it this year that, you know, you're sitting in the offseason and the Panthers are adding top-end guys, you are a cap team, where last year this was a team that was dumping money um, and, and, you know, one of a handful of teams that lost two not one, but two players to to the Vegas Golden Knights in that expansion Um, so I I think that there's a lot of uh, positivity Uh, this year as opposed to last year. Plus last year you had a brand new coach a new coaching staff. Those guys are all back again this year so there's a little familiarity uh, with this bunch. Uh, So yeah, I mean you talk about expectations, they're definitely high and I think that they should be uh, especially knowing what we know now and seeing the team that they've got out there on the ice.
2: We'll get back to our Panthers preview here in a second but we want to tell you about what we've been doing with Bet dsi.com you can always sign up there by typing in reason 101 that's betdsi.com reason 101 and you'll get your deposit matched up to twenty five hundred dollars and we got a couple of things want to tell you about the first thing is if you're a florida panthers fan chris you've got to go on there because they've got the over under for panthers points this season at 94 and a half that's 94 and a half and chris that's less than last year right
3: Yes, indeed. They finished with 96 last year, and that was with, you know, form for the first half plus of the season where they were, I think, 28th in the league in points through uh, roughly the middle of January. So it was not a team that started very well, but from January 30th on... Uh, they were the joint best team in the NHL. So if you believe that that form is replicable, then go to BetDSI.com now. Use the promo code REASON101 and bet on the Panthers over, which right now is at 94. I think it's be really difficult for them to make the playoffs. There are a lot of good teams in the Eastern Conference, but if you think the way they did, if you think what they did towards the end of last year is replicable, go to BetDSI.com and use the promo code REASON101. All right, George, we're going to move on now to the mainstays of this Panthers roster, they bring back their top six goal scorers from a year ago, including top scorer Vincent Trocheck, Do you feel like, even if it's obviously the Mike Hoffman move, you know, helps a ton, but you have a, a goal scoring defender in Ekblad who knocked 16 last year, and then mm-hmm. you had uh, four 20 goal scorers in Bukestad who was one off of that. Do you feel like there's enough goal scoring this year in this team? And then kind of your odd, your uh, Colton Seviers who was on 11 and Malgin who was on 11. Do you feel like there's enough goal scoring to get the job done in this Panthers team?
4: Yeah, if, if everybody stays healthy, absolutely. Because- like like you said that this is this is a very team first team this isn't a a team that shoot first and I think that that's been a problem uh sometimes these guys pass a little bit too much Barkov likes to pass Huberto likes to pass um there are plenty of goal scorers. There's going to be, you know, there's not going to be enough pucks out there for these guys because I think that they're going to be able to to, to really get, get some scoring going. You look at that third line that they're they're coming in with now, uh, this Henrik Borgstrom, this rookie that they brought in from the University of Denver, very talented player. He's going to be on the third line with Jared McCann and, and Dennis Malden. Yeah, that's not a bad little third line, especially on paper. I think they're getting a little chemistry. So you're, you're rolling three pretty good lines. The fourth line's going to be a defensive line. You're not going to get much offensive production out of it. But, yeah, the, the 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 top nine that the Panthers have right now look like they all can score, um, and they're going to score in bunches, especially that top six. I think the, the sky's the limit for that bunch because – um, you know, you've seen a Dadnov, Barkov, and, and, and Bukestad work so well together. Um, they get chance after chance after chance, and you had Keith Mandel back there and, 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 uh, and Aaron Ekblad, who can blast the puck from, from the blue line. Uh, you know, this is a team that, that that looks pretty scary, at least offensively.
2: You know, when I've looked at, at previous Panther teams, I, I felt like they've never been able to get a consistent offense going for a long period of time. So you go back to, what was your first year covering them, George? When when did you first uh, hop on the beat?
4: Uh, My first year was 2004. There was a lockout. So my first year was 2005. So it was, uh, it was the Joe Newen Yeah, you know, when they brought in a bunch of the older guys. Yeah.
2: Right. And, but, but I've always felt like they've had like one or two, you know, premium goal scorers so at, at one point you know you had Burray, but it was hard to kind of find the second guy right like they had only only in for years not making the playoffs over and over and over and over, but really difficult to find a consistent second guy. And we would hear, okay, Nathan Horton's going to be the second guy for them. Okay, didn't really happen. You go back way back, like Rob Niedermeyer was supposed to become a second guy for them. It it, it didn't happen. There's just been name after name after name. And, you know, I look at it now and I'm like, okay, really, you can survive a down year from one or two of these guys, and you're still, again, going to be okay. And I I know we want to touch on Barkoff in the most depth here, but – I feel like there's there's growth there for Trochik's game. I feel like there's still growth for Hubertos game. I think we've seen some of it, but but more of it is there. And, and so I mean, just taking those three guys, and you mentioned this with, with Brockhoff, and we're gonna keep coming back to him because he is the best athlete in South Florida right now. Um and, and I don't I don't think it's particularly close. I don't think most people realize that, but I, I just think that's the case in terms of a pro athlete. But but to me, the big thing is I like them giving him the captaincy. Um, I know there were some questions about that because I want him to be that. Like I, I, I and, and yeah. again, you, you know him better than I do. Okay. But I'm just from the outside a couple of times interviewing him. I, I want him to take on that personality. I want him to make this his team basically, because I feel like they already have an infrastructure in place around him. And, and we talk about the heat and again, we're taping this, you know, as we don't know what's going to happen with Jimmy Butler, but th- one of the things we've talked about about the heat all off season is They've got a lot of number three and number four players on that team. You know, they've got they got plenty of guys. You have the top one hundred list, and it, you know from forty five on to hundred, they've had four guys. You know, it, it, four different guys actually, or at least the fourth was different in a lot of the top one hundred rankings. So the, the 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 backup, not the backup, but the supporting players are in place, but they don't have a star. the The difference with the Panthers is they have a star, and they have these other guys who are kind of pseudo stars or on the custom stardom who can give you 30 to 35 goals if things break right, who can give you 80 points if things break right. And so I just want to see Barkov become that, like emerge from the pack here. And it's great to be one of the best two-way centers in the league. It's great to do everything he does as a passer, you know, and also, you know, taking care of his own end of the ice. But, man, be aggressive because you he has that kind of elite, elite ability. And they haven't had anybody like that, in my opinion, since Buray, I mean I, that that's that would be the last guy to me who has that kind of upside. So that's sort of how I see their forward group.
4: And it's unbelievable that shoot. I mean, he's such a quiet guy. I think that's part of it. Um, you know, he's a very you know he's, he's not he's not the rah rah guy, but he is a very smart, intelligent, um, passionate hockey guy who who let me tell you, loves South Florida. I mean, he's the guy that you're always going to find at Heat games, at Marlin games, at Dolphin games. He is really adopted South Florida as his own A kid from Finland and uh, really loves it down here is trying to become you know Americanized South Floridianized if you will um, and and I think that he is starting to, to grow out of that I think he's starting to know how good he is he's arguably a top 10 player in this league I mean he made his first all-star game last year Mainly because a lot of people around the league just don't know who he is because he plays for the Florida Panthers. But that's starting to change. Last year he placed he finished fourth in the voting for the selfie, which is you know goes to the top defensive forward. But that's kind of a big deal that a guy from the Panthers has kind of moved up those ranks. And and I think people around the game know how good Sasha Barkov is, people in South Florida still maybe don't really get how good a, guy, a player this is. Again, he, he's arguably a top 10 guy. I think that you could say that Vincent Trocek's a top 50 guy. And and again, all these guys, all these guys we've talked about, the exception like Keith Yandel and, and Luongo, obviously, are 25 and under. I mean, they are just now hitting their stride. And they've, they're, they're they're KG veterans. They've all been playing for four or five years here with the Panthers. Um, you know, they're just now hitting their prime years. And I think it's really exciting for the Panthers uh, to know that they've got these guys that are that talented, that good at what they do um, tightly. You and know, like you said, lock down the contracts that they can just kind of uh, uh, move forward. It kind of reminds you of the old, uh, the Cle- I'm a Cleveland Indians fan back in the early nineties when the, 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 the Indians were able to lock in all their stars and make those runs you know through the mid 90s uh, this is kind of what the florida panthers have done
3: so and, and we were going to talk about barkov in this section so and we cover most of it so i'll just ask you this question where does he ra- if there is an nhl rank of which i imagine there exists but i just haven't seen it uh where do you think barkov ranks in the entire spectrum of the league and what do you believe his ceiling to be Again,
4: I, I think he could be, a, you know, you, you can argue that he's a top 10 guy. I don't know that he is just because of his, you know, points. He, you know, last year he set a career high with 77 points. I think it was, uh, Florida finally, like you talk about that second guy, uh, you know, uh, Barkov and Trochek both scored over 70 points last year. First time the Panthers had done that since the Pavel Burry days. So it's almost been 20 years since they, they had two guys put up those kind of numbers. Um, uh, you know, I, I think, again, he can be a top 10 guy. I think he could be one of the top centers in this league. Um, he's still very young. He's still learning the game um, in, in smaller increments, you know, just because he's he's so experienced now. But, um, you know, he plays on the Finnish national team. He's an all-star Um, he's a guy that could be, you know, mentioned with, you know, the Connor McDavid to Sidney Crosby's of the world, Vincent Trocek. That's who he compares him to. Uh, Trocek says Sasha Barkov's the third best player in the entire league. It's Connor McDavid, it's Sidney Crosby and it's, and it's Barkov. Um, I don't know about that. But uh, I don't, I think you could make an argument that he's right in that mix. And I don't know how many other guys you can mention above him.
3: And so, so let's go move on here because obviously, you know, Barkov has been well covered. Uh, We mentioned this at the beginning in terms of expectations, but I feel like one of the things that creates the expectation is the way that they performed last year, particularly in the last three months of the season, obviously getting off to a bad start has been a thing that has killed the Panthers for a very long time, but But I but I think when you look at kind of overall, uh, the way that the Panthers performed uh, over over the course of the last three months of the season, I think they were one of the best teams in hockey. Do you feel like that's it? It's kind of like what happened with the Heat when they went 30 and 11 to close uh, the regular season in 2016 or was it 2017? Uh, Do you feel like that is replicable? Do you feel like that is who this Panthers team is or was it just a really good and incredible run?
4: Yeah, I think you look back at that Heat team. Nobody expected the Heat to to, to continue what they did the year before. Um, some people did. I mean, some people mm-hmm. said, hey, if the if the Heat can do what – yeah, I mean, but I think the Panthers are this. I mean, the Panthers, um, as long as they get good goaltending, which they did in the second half of last year, um, I think they really finally figured out what their new coach wanted them to do. Um, I think that they struggled at the beginning of the year to to kind of – I think it was just – information overload for the for the Panthers. Don't forget, that was the third different system that these guys had to figure out in two years because when Gerard Gallant was fired 20-something games into the season, Tom Rowe came in in the middle of the year and changed everything. And then they, then they let Tom go, and they bring in Bob Bubner, and he changes everything. So there was a whole lot of different stuff going on, a whole lot of nuances that they had to figure out. And I think it took them half a year to do it. Once they did, once everything started clicking, you saw what happened. Now, the Panthers definitely had some games that that were, were that you know as good as they had they were in the second half. They had some some real stinkers in there, and that's something that they've got to they've got to figure out that you can't just oh it's Edmonton's coming to town, we'll beat these guys, and then you watch them you know win by five. Uh, they've got to know that they just can't roll out there and, and beat teams just because they look good on paper. They've got to do the work. They seem to understand that. Um, and, and I do think that this is going to be kind of a continuation of last year. Will they win it, you know, 20
2: out of 30? Yeah. I don't know about that, but they're going to, they're going to. This show is sponsored by better help. What's the first thing you do. If you had an extra hour in your day, go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami heat game. I've got a better idea. To get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H E L P.com/slash Miami Heat.
0: BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code Champion150. Then place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the King of Sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more.
4: Be able to, to, to put up some numbers.
3: The last thing I want to get to here is the goaltending. Now, you look at last year, uh, James Reimer actually ended up playing in more games than Roberto Luongo did, and that was in large part due to injuries. Reimer's goals against average was worse, but there were points in the season, particularly down that final stretch, that I think Reimer was actually preferred to Luongo because of how well he was playing, and we didn't know how Luongo was at 100%. But 35 games from Roberto Luongo doesn't seem like enough for this team to make the playoffs do you feel confident in the Panthers goaltending situation right now
4: I, I feel confident in the fact that it's deep I think you have a pretty good one-two punch with Louie and, and and Reimer um, I think Reimer has really settled in here this is his third season with the Panthers he's playing more games than he ever has I mean both each of the last two seasons he's you know set career highs for games played now last year Um, he got hurt as well and and both he and Louis were on the shelf and the Panthers were desperate and and they they were able to get Harry Sateri to come in here and kind of save the day for him but um, I I don't again that's the big question mark here is the health of the Panthers goaltending because Louis is 39 years old he's had that injury um, that's going to affect him for the rest of his playing career um, you know, there's going to be times when Lou is probably going to be out of the lineup, and and when he is healthy, I think you're still going to go to Reimer just because you're trying to manage the time. So, I don't know if it's going to be a 41-41 split. Uh, yeah, all let's just say both guys are healthy all year, not, no injuries at all. I, I don't think they split it right down the middle. I still think Luongo gets the lion's share of the starts, but um, I do think they look at it differently now. I think if uh, if if Reimer is hot. Uh, he's going to stay in there. If Louis's hot, he may not, just because you don't want to overuse him. So um, it's a delicate balance that the Panthers are playing. The Goalie coach Rob Tallis uh, kind of runs the the, the 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 goalie schedule. We always ask the head coach, you know, but it's really Rob Rob Tallis that, that decides who plays. So um, it, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out, because again, um, you don't want to overuse Luongo, even though he's your guy, he's your number one guy. Um, and, and you don't want, you know, Reimer maybe to, to to play too much either. So, um, because it just doesn't seem like, like when Reimer plays a little too much, he has a bad game. So, um, at least that's how it's appeared in the past. We'll just have to wait and see for that. But right now, um, you know, all things being equal, that's a pretty good one, two combination. Uh, you're either going against Reimer or you're going against Luongo. Um, you got to feel good about the Panthers chance in both nights.
2: George, is Longo the most important player in Panthers history?
4: He might just be. I, I think that uh, him coming back, the way it all happened, I mean, this was a franchise in flux. They were a last place team, just got bought again. I don't think anybody knew what was going on with, with Vinny Viola in this, in this organization. And, and the Panthers may have, you know, charged to get him back. And, and Lou, to his credit, Or, you know, I'm sure Vancouver's not thinking this way. He told Vancouver, I've got a no trade, but I will, and I will not take a trade anywhere but Miami. You're sending me to Florida, or you're sending me nowhere. You're going to, I'm going to sit here and, you know, you're going to pay me my money. And uh, the Panthers didn't need to go after Louis right then and there. They were a team going nowhere. It was in the spring. There was, you know, 15 games left in the season, but ownership made made a commitment. I think it really gave this franchise a shot in the arm to have this guy back. Um, is he the most important? I mean, I would say he's definitely in the top three, um, no doubt about it. I think Pavel Bury, you remember the excitement that he brought when he was here for a very short time, but I think for the length of time that Lou has been here and what he's done, yeah, I mean, you could definitely make that argument.
2: We'll get back to our episode here in a second. I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network, and that is the Bet. QL app you can find it for free on Google Play if you're on Android or on the App Store if you have an Apple phone And the reason that you need this is you don't want to gamble and not have all of the information So they break it all down for you They give you the analytics and they tell you where the line is moving where people are betting and what the line should actually be So you can make the most Informed possible bet you get it for free on the App Store if you're an Apple and if Android Google Play. Chris, where do you find it on there?
3: Yeah, the Dolphins game is actually one of the feature games on BetQL right now. They have a strong lean on the Bengals. As a matter of fact, the line has moved in your favor. When we uh, we talked to you earlier this week about BetQL, they had the line as 6. It went all the way to 6.5, but some heavy betting on the Dolphins has come in moving it from 6.5 where it was Uh, on, on Wednesday up until five and a half now. So the movement is in favor of the Dolphins right now. They still think that the Bengals should be favored by 11 points. And so they think that the Bengals is the bet this weekend. But again, that information and much more available on BetQL. So you can bet smarter. Download the BetQL app in the Apple App Store or on Google Play.
2: We're joined by one of the Panther stars, one of the guys we've gotten to know over the past couple of years. And now it looks like we'll be here, hopefully, for a long time. And we're excited about this Panther season. We're excited to have Vincent Trochik here on the program. Although, i got to be honest, I would have preferred to have Leo. Um, I don't know if Leo's with you right now, (laughs) your newborn son. But uh, looking at the pictures on Instagram, it looks like he'd be a great guest. But thanks for taking the time with us today. (laughs) Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me on. Sure thing. Um, so, just want to, we're going to get into a little bit of, of the hockey stuff here before some of the stuff off the ice, and, and just last season, and it was one of the stranger seasons I've seen for the Panthers in recent history because it seemed like everything kind of turned on a dime about a halfway or two thirds of the way through that year, and you guys kind of found it. What changed during the year last year that allowed you guys to have so much success in that last third of the season?
5: Well, I think it was just a matter of us kind of getting used to everything. It was a new coaching staff last year. It brought in a completely different system. It was a little bit of a different team, and I think it just took us a little bit of time to finally get used to everything, get used to the new system, and then once everybody kind of figured it out, bought in, uh, and then add a little bit of desperation mode since we were out of a playoff spot halfway through the year, I think that all kind of put it together.
3: And when you look now, I was was on the Panthers preview show on the radio last night, and one of the things that someone from NHL.com was saying is that the Panthers might have their best uh, forward line in terms of gr- groups of forwards that they've ever had in franchise history. Do you kind of feel that camaraderie and that chemistry uh, between players and and between these you know incredibly group of talented guys?
5: Yeah, I think I think we definitely have a solid group of forwards for sure. I think it's the best since I've been here, no doubt. Um, led by. Uh, our top line with Barkey leading that group. I think um, just having him kind of take away every team's most defensive line uh, that makes the rest of our jobs a lot easier. Since I mean, you got to focus on him a little bit extra. So, uh, and then we have our, our third and fourth lines are both are both really good lines. So we got a lot of depth now.
2: So playing with the new line because I I know it's there's a little bit of a change from last year. Although obviously it's it's a good change and you had a really talented guy in Hoffman. But, I mean, you're used to playing with Huberdo. I mean, that that chemistry is there at this stage. But how long do you think it'll take before the three of you feel like you're clicking the way you want to click?
5: I, I don't think it should take long. I think we played three games in preseason. I think three or four. First game, it was a little bit iffy. Second game, we were, every game, we kind of um, improved a little bit more. And I think by the last game, we really felt comfortable.
2: And what goes into that, Vincent? Like, you know, because I I think some people don't understand, um, you know, because they they look at players individually and they say, oh, this guy should be scoring this many goals. This guy should have this many assists. This guy might be in a scoring drought or something like that. But there is a chemistry that needs to build between lines. And some lines will play together for two, three, four years where they get comfortable with each other. So, I mean, just somebody like Hoffman who comes in with a reputation of, of somebody who can finish, who can pass, who can do all those kind of things. But, like, what have you learned about him? so far just being in training camp with him?
5: Well, he's he's got one of the most ridiculous shots I think I've seen, or at least I've played with. Um, He can definitely finish. And anytime anytime we're in the offensive zone, I think me and Hubie are both going to be looking for him kind of to get a shot off, because he's got the best chance to put it in the back of the net.
3: In terms of, in terms of, uh, building cohesion among players on one line, how does, how does that sort of develop over the course of a year? Do kind of lines take pride in playing with each other or it, does it kind of have to be, I can play with anybody because that's just kind of the nature of hockey that it's not always going to be perfect and all three guys are going to be out at the same time.
5: Well, you kind of, a little bit of, I mean, we definitely take pride in our lines. We definitely take pride in as a line being good or, or being as the best we can, um, Obviously, sometimes things do happen, lines do change. Uh, That's up to the coaching staff. and You kind of have to be ready for that if it does. um, You have to mentally be prepared for that and confident enough to play with whoever. Uh, Last year for me, that was kind of the case. I played with like 20 different line combinations. But um, coming into this year with the line that we have and uh, the depth that we have, I think now it'll be a lot more consistent with our depth. The lines might be a little bit more set in stone now. Uh, and so for us, I think we're definitely taking uh, a lot of onus on ourselves to kind of keep everything together and not have too much of a drought to cause Boogie to shuffle things up.
2: So Jonathan specifically, because you have played with him uh, before and you have gotten a lot of reps with him. So what did the two of you kind of learn about each other over the, over the past couple of years? And, and where do you think the two of you can take your games to? at this point, now that that comfort level's developed?
5: I've played with QB for five years now, and uh, just watching him the first few years, whenever he wasn't on my line, obviously he's an elite passer, he's got great vision, skill, Um, he kind of slows the game down in his mind, and he's really good at doing that, and I think when you add that to kind of my game, which is a little bit more go, 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 speed, kind of on the faster end of things, he he's able to kind of we, we balance each other out in a way. He um, he finds me in the neutral zone to kind of get into the zone with speed, and then once we get in zone, it's kind of give the puck to him, watch him uh, dissect the defense. And uh, now with the addition of Hoff, that might all three of us kind of have different pieces to the puzzle that just might make it work.
2: Vincent, I want to ask you something specific about that, because in, in all sports, uh, we hear athletes who go fast all the time, and sometimes the trick with those athletes is knowing when to pull back a little bit. Have you, because you are a player who plays with speed all the time, is that something that as you've developed your game that you've had to kind of figure out where to sort of pick your spots there, or do you want to be sort of at full tilt all the time?
5: No, yeah, I've definitely had to figure out over the over the years when, when the right time to kind of be in... Full speed mode is, is, and then there's obviously times whenever you're gonna have to tone it down a bit. Um, Err on the side of caution, uh, play a little bit smarter than that, and um, not make mistakes. Be on the right side of the puck, stuff like that.
3: I wanted to ask you about one of your teammates uh, who who I discovered midway through last year, and then ended up, uh, I think, top of the league in terms of penalty minutes, and that's Michael Haley. Uh, he's someone who I find really interesting because uh, th- it's sort of a role that I don't think exists a ton in the National Hockey League anymore. Obviously, there is still kind of that, bi- you know, the-, the business being handled on the ice, but specifically the enforcer type, it feels like it's kind of dying a little bit, but uh, the the way that Haley went about that job, uh, w- what do you make of it and what room do you think there is that- for-, for that kind of play in the league?
5: Well, I think it's definitely not something that's going to leave the league maybe ever. I-, I-, I think a lot of people that, talk about hockey all the time want it gone or at least some do but uh it's a kind of it's a role that it's, it's a part of hockey and if it wasn't for guys like Hales uh kind of just protecting other guys or like Barkey, for instance then there might be a little bit more running around so um anytime you have a guy that's willing to step up and uh kind of take liberties whenever somebody takes a run at one of our better players then that's going to help Maybe limit
2: that. You mentioned Barkoff, and I know you've been quoted as saying you think he's a top three uh, player in the league. Chris and I have talked on the pod that we think he's the best athlete in the market, actually. And we just don't feel like enough people in South Florida kind of recognize that yet. But just in terms of a player who's entering his prime and, and sort of at the top of his game right now, I, do, you, do you feel that he knows how good he is? at this stage? Because when, when I've talked to people and sometimes with elite, elite athletes it takes them a little time to sort of figure that out and then they kind of come into that. I saw that with Dwayne Wade with the Heat years ago. Do you think he's kind of recognized that at this stage? Is that something that you guys maybe need to bring out of him a little bit more?
5: Well, I think for the first few years he was here, he definitely had no idea how good he really was, but now I think the more recognition that he's getting now, um, I think the season that he had last year, a lot had to do with the confidence that he had in himself and kind of realizing how good of a player he really was. Um, so now with him being as confident as he possibly can, I think the sky is the limit for what he can do.
3: And just the way that he's kind of developed now, the, the thing that's interesting to me about uh, a majority of this core for this Panther team is that you guys have both balanced kind of experience And youth, like you guys are mostly you know twenty five and younger, and Barkov is right in there as well. But you guys have been in the league for a while, and so you kind of have that experience. Do you feel like having played together so much, and and that experience of playing season in season out, is now at a stage where okay, we're ready to go to the playoffs and not just go one and done, but but go and be there for a while?
5: Yeah. So we, I mean, like you said, we are a young team, but we do have a lot of experience. We've all kind of came up in this organization together for the last five, six, seven years. And um, we've been to the playoffs one time in that time frame. We lost in the first round. And I think that year we learned a lot about ourselves. Um, There's been a a lot of ups and downs and adversity that we've had to go through in this organization as a whole um, over the last five years that have taught us a a lot. So uh, coming into this year, I think we're finally at the point where In our our minds, our expectations are are very high, and and we think very highly of ourselves.
2: So, I want to ask you about that playoff series because, uh, you know, I I feel like there are Panther fans who still aren't over it completely. So, just flatly, you were tripped, correct?
5: I don't know. I mean, I, I anything to do with the game <laughs> people <laughs> come up to me and say that all the time but you don't think we it had, like, had anything to do with it we had, <laughs> we had like four shots at an empty net and we didn't put it in I don't think me getting tripped had anything to do with
2: that but you understand why fans are like that though right like they point to one they point to one th- i mean i i wasn't at that game i remember feel watching a it at a they want to feel robbed Trochek. <laughs>
5: <laughs> i i understand they can blame us for that. They don't need to blame
2: the ref. <laughs> it's a very diplomatic approach. Um, but one of the things I was getting into with Barkov a little bit, though, is that you know, I, again, I I feel like you know, like I said, I feel like he's the top athlete in this market right now. I mean, do you are you out with him much in public? Do do you are you guys at the stage now where you know outside of maybe just that corridor around the arena that that you guys are starting to get recognized? I mean, have you had any experiences like that? You him. Jonathan, any of the guys who've been here for a little bit of time?
5: Yeah, we get recognized. I mean, it's gotten uh, it's gotten more and more since our first year. Um, our first year, we I don't think half the people here knew what hockey was. If you told them we played for the Panthers, they'd say who's that. But now, more and more every year that we've been here, it's gotten um, we've gotten recognized more and more. I think the team is getting a little bit more complexity.
2: Do you feel like people are able to kind of tell your personalities apart a little bit too? Because, I mean, it's one thing to see guys on the ice and you're wearing a helmet and you're scoring goals and all the rest of that stuff, but to actually sort of, where people sort of relate to you and sort of understand what you're about. Like, if I was to say, of the group, okay, Barkov is the blank one. Is he the quiet one? Is he the, is he sort of the sneakily funny one? Like, where, where does he fit in the group? Where do you fit in the group? Where does Jonathan fit in the group? Where, where, how, what is, how do these personalities sort of interact?
5: Yeah, Barky's definitely the quiet one, but he does have a sense of humor uh, that sneaks up on you every once in a while. Um, I don't really know. I don't. You'd have to ask somebody else what what role I play. I think I'm just I'm just there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how we get you on commercials for that. I'm the, the I'm just there guy. That seems it seems like you're more interested in that. <laughs> but but aren't you aren't you the, uh, I mean, the we, mo- go ahead?
5: We have such a, a tight group that we all hang out together. There's not like any few guys that kind of stick out and do this or do that. It's just when we hang out, it's literally like our entire team is hanging out, doing whatever we're doing together. Like today, for instance, we're all going over to Xavier's house for a barbecue. It's just the kind of thing, like, since we all live within a mile radius of each other in Fort Lauderdale for the most part, aside from a a few of the guys with families up in Parkland uh, and a couple guys in Boca that we – we all hang out together as much as possible. We're, we're like a family.
2: Are you like you? I heard you're the clubhouse DJ though, right? You're the uh, you're the locker room DJ. You, you're handling those duties all the time now that Yager's not there.
5: Yeah, Yogs actually was never the DJ. He just had a lot of suggestions.
2: <laughs> but so is is that a
3: technology thing? Like he couldn't work the aux cord? No, it's just that nobody wanted to listen to nothing but Poison, and that's all Yogs wanted to listen. To. <laughs> wow. <laughs> How many people in the locker room knew what Poison was? I'd say probably five, and they were all trainers. <laughs> all right, so so so, so what does Trochek have planned for the locker room? Being a DJ is the most stressful
5: job in all of hockey, in my opinion, because you can't please every, everybody at any given time. But I try to just put as much of a an array of different types of genres of music uh, throughout the entire warm-up music session. So there's a little bit of EDM, a little bit of alternative, some rap. Some pop, anything I, upbeat, pretty much.
3: I I agree with you though. I feel like I, I I I feel that pressure, like when I'm the driver in a car of like five people. I actually have a playlist on my uh, music app of choice that's like music for like when I am entertaining people. Just because like you have to have that combination of everything, and one bad choice, like oh, what the hell is this? And and I I feel like like that pressure is only intensified by having a you know twenty five guys in a dressing room.
5: Exactly. And there's always the one guy that no matter what and whether it's good or not, like oh this sucks.
3: Right, exactly.
2: That's Luongo, right? That's Loango <laughs> saying that because he's the oldest. I no. mean, he's the only one exactly. who's close to Yager's age or my age at this stage.
5: You'd be surprised by Luongo's music of choice. What is it? It's just like he likes gangster rap. Like he's into it.
3: What? Wow, that's amazing. <laughs>
2: So I, I mean, know. he's going all the way back to what is it? Was it Eze? I mean, is he, is he that far back, or is he? It's, it's a little bit newer no, like than that. Modern, like, uh, like modern uh, rap. So but he's in like Migos.
5: Song that pops, yeah, like the song that pops in my mind whenever I think of Lou is Versace. song <laughs> <Jared's
3: called> Versace. <laughs> that is. Like, the that that was I would not have guessed that. <laughs>
2: Oh, that's great. Um, I, I want to ask you about him before we move to a couple more other things because, uh, I mean, he's become such a pillar in the community in addition to everything else. And now that Yager's gone, he is the old guy. Do you have one other, other than the music taste, do you have one other uh, Roberto story that you can share? Uh, story?
5: I don't know. I mean, there's so many things about Lou that don't
2: know. I want to ask you a little bit i mentioned it early on you did a blog uh that i read on Panth on uh, Florida panther's site uh about last season but also about how your life changed uh over the summer uh with the birth of your son and i see you already got him in- on the instagram photo with with the headphones just uh, again h- how much has that kind of changed your perspective on things and and just i mean just the excitement level of, of all of that what's that been like for you
5: yeah it's been it's been crazy it's uh he's been awesome I mean, having a son being a dad is extremely fun uh just to see him kind of like i mean first three months he's only three months old and he's already grown so much so it's been it's been really cool to see that and obviously having a kid changes everything from the time they're born it's just a completely different outlook on life um so yeah for that for me that's that's been the biggest difference is just how i look at everything
2: how much sleeping are you doing vincent I mean, is he, I mean, is he getting somewhat through the night at this stage, or, or, or where does he stand with that?
5: He's hit or miss. The first little bit, like the first few weeks, he didn't sleep at all. And then um, it was like a three-week period where he was just sleeping through the night from like 9 to 9, which I was blown away by. Uh, and lately, the last couple weeks, it's been – maybe once or twice. So it's not bad. He sleeps pretty well.
2: When are you going to put a stick in his hand or have you done that already? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming it's, he's probably, <laughs> probably a little, a little bit young to move at your speed, but I, I, I can imagine that's something you're looking forward to doing before too long.
5: I, I don't know. I mean, I think he'll probably, I don't want to force him to play hockey if he doesn't want to, but I'm sure if growing up watching me play, he's going to want to, but I think the first thing I'll put in his hand is a golf club though. What what,
3: what was the experience like for you getting into hockey?
5: I mean, I've played from two years old, so I don't even remember the first time I was playing for the first three years even. But um, nobody in my family played hockey. It was just kind of a freak thing that my dad put me on skates. I think uh, the year I was born was the second year the Pittsburgh Penguins won back-to-back Cups. So Pittsburgh was kind of like the talk of the town in Pittsburgh. And um, that's kind of the reason that my dad put me into it. And I guess the first time I got on the ice, it was kind of like natural for me. So they figured they'd run with it.
2: You know, you mentioned golf. Uh, that's always been interesting to me because I know so many hockey players are good golfers, which has always struck me as strange because the swing is so different. I know you and the, the other guys on the team play quite a bit. What What is like? What is that adjustment like? Because, I, again, whenever you see these celebrity tournaments Hockey players are always at the top, um, and baseball pitchers for some reason—I I don't know why—it's always them. But uh, like, like—is that does it ever sort of get you if you're playing golf and then you go play hockey or vice versa? Does it ever sort of get you off kilter at all?
5: For hockey and hockey and golf have—I mean, it's—they're very similar. Okay. Whenever it comes to just the motion, for I, the biggest issue for me, when I started playing golf. Was I was a baseball player growing up as well, so it was more of the baseball swing that screwed with. My golf swing a little bit too much, but I think the and for MLB pitchers, it's probably the five days they have in between starts that they're just golfing for four days straight. <laughs> right, because they have nothing <laughs> to do. <laughs> right,
2: right, because they they have nothing to do. And then yeah, right. It's it's all about that. It's all about that fifth day. I right, we're joined here by uh, vincent Trochik. Uh, before we let you go, uh, one. I want to pose this to you because we, we cover all the sports down here and you know I covered the 96 team that went to the cup finals. I remember what that was like, but you couldn't buy rats anywhere because they were all sold out. And I mean, you know, I mean, Luongo was probably 30 years old at that time, but, uh, but I, I, that's about the time that Chris, my, my co-host here was, uh, was still a diapers himself, but I, I remember what it was like here. And then I know, you know, years and years, of not making the playoffs and the frustrations and, and all of that, but do you feel like this group can capture the imagination of of not just that area of West Broward and, and around the arena, but the whole market? I mean, do you see an opportunity for your group if you can stay together for a little while?
5: To capture, like, the city, you mean?
2: Yeah, I just South Florida to a certain degree, because, I mean, if you look at, I, mean, I know you're a fan of other sports, and, I mean, if you just look at the other sports down here, I mean, the Dolphins are three and one, but I don't know how high the expectations are. The Heat you know, don't have LeBron anymore. Dwayne's 36, you know, they're kind of in a transition period looking to make moves. The Marlins have had a rough time for, for a while. Uh, so I, I feel like there's an opportunity for your group because your group is, is signed long-term and has already shown some success. So I, I, I mean, do you, do you guys ever talk about that? Think about that? Like, you know, we can be big in this town, like just, you know, beyond, you know, just sort of the corner of Panther fans that are there every night at the arena.
5: We don't talk about it too much, but I, I do think that we can kind of, we can be the talk of the town. I think we have the team now that will be a team that'll be fun for fans to come and watch. And it'll be exciting with um, hopefully our success is if we can, Put together a year that we think we should, uh, that we're capable of, then I think we'll start seeing a lot more Panther fans around. It comes with the territory. You obviously see, you obviously see cities that don't have, like the Chicago Blackhawks, for instance, didn't have any fans before they, uh, before Dale put together the team that ended up winning cups. So now they're a hockey franchise. That's a hockey city now. It's, it's just a, I mean, it's on us to, yeah, kind of. Put together a winning season, and then obviously the fans will show up. I mean, we make we win the Stanley Cup last year. We wouldn't be even talking about this. We'd have sold out arenas in preseason,
3: right? right. And and like you, know, you see it with Tampa, and you see it with Vegas, like those aren't places you would expect. But the success kind of begets that the the beginning of that kind of building of a fan base. Not just sort of when when you win, but no matter what that you know, like you said, Chicago. You know, they had a bad year last year, and people are there because people are into the Blackhawks now. Right.
2: Exactly. What did you make of the Las Vegas situation last year? Because I know you, obviously you played with a couple of those guys that went out there you had the head coach that went out there I mean did it did it take you by surprise that they that they would make that kind of run and and can you take any inspiration from that like I mean they they put that thing together in a hurry and it just clicked
5: um I wasn't okay I mean I was I was a little bit surprised they went as far as they they did but going into the season in my mind I thought they were going to be a team that was going to be hard to play against and, and would give teams a lot of trouble just because of the the type of players that they picked up they they picked up a bunch of guys that were hard-working second third line guys that obviously some of them have a lot of skill as well so uh it's just a matter of opportunity for some of those guys and um with the amount of hard work they had on that team and, and obviously a coaching staff with Gerard kind of giving that team free reign to just go play, which is the kind of coach that he is with that team I think that fit
2: perfectly yeah it's funny because that's kind of what happened with the panthers expansion team down here uh way back when that they they had a group of kind of grinders like you know third third and fourth line guys, and that ended up working out all right last thing before we let you go here, so you are the locker room dj uh what is what should be the official trochik uh goal scoring song this year song uh, yeah uh,
5: uh, <laughs> Anything off Wayne's new album. I'm a big fan of that album. All
2: right, all right. So we'll we'll have to find a track for that. That's. Uh, I mean, can you make can you make requests? I mean, are you allowed to make requests to the to uh, to the to the, to the PA guy or how, how does that work? I mean, if you're the locker room DJ, that translate to we, the rest yeah. of the arena?
5: It does sometimes. I mean, I had a bit of a say in the what they were playing in the stands during warm-ups last year, but. Whenever it comes to, I don't think we even have a we have a goal song, but one for everybody.
3: Yeah, it, it's it's the same. I don't I don't even recognize it. it's a rock song, but I I, I it, it, it it is the same song for everyone. I don't think each each person gets their own song. You imagine if like every every uh, every player got to like customize the horn that they got and the song they got. That would probably <laughs> descend into anarchy.
2: I think that's a good idea. Actually,
3: I think- <laughs> that'd be awesome. Yeah, I,
5: when I, my junior team had it so that you had your own uh, you had your own song. That was pretty cool. I mean, I got there a little late, but. Everybody had to, got to pick their own song for when they scored a goal. It was pretty
2: cool. All right. Well, Vincent Trocheck again, you can catch him uh, out, at, out at the arena this year. Panthers starting up on Saturday, and, uh, and we're expecting a really good season uh, from him and from the rest of the group. And uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time with us.
5: Yeah, no problem, guys. Thanks for having me.
2: before we let everybody go though, we want to tell them about one more promotion we got going on at betdsi.com and that is specific to just this week so you're hearing this podcast on a friday or a saturday before miami plays fsu here's what you've got to do when you go there type in either the promo code miami or fsu which team that you would take against the spread miami or or FSU, and you will get your money back up to $100 if you lose. So there is absolutely no risk, up to 100 bucks. Wanted to let you know about that. Got to do it, though, before the game, Miami FSU.